My mom immigrated to the United States in 1977 from South Korea and has lived in Alaska pretty much ever since. She and my dad met when she was working at the NCO club on Kunsan Air Force Base. The manager there gave her the anglicized name Debbie, which she still uses today. My mom speaks with an accent, and since she came as an adult, has never had formal education in English. She speaks fine, but reading and writing are a little harder. So when voice text became more functional, she jumped on that. Still, it has taken a while for Debbie and Siri to get to know each other. <laughs> and from time to time, there are some misses. One day in 2018, I got a text from her that said, Shanna, we have big arts quick. I chuckled at first, what's an arts quick? I tried to call her and her phone went straight to voicemail. I said, arts quick, several times, trying to add in her accent, accent softening consonants, arts quick, arts quick, arse quick, arse quake. My stomach dropped when I realized the message was, we Shanna, we have big earthquake. I tried to call again, voicemail. I jumped on Google, and sure enough, there had been a massive earthquake, a 7.1 on the Richter scale. That region had the most powerful North American quake on record in 1964, a 9.2 subduction event. I spent my childhood doing as many earthquake as fire drills, ducking and covering under tiny desks with the backup plan of standing in a doorway if a table couldn't be found. Geologists and engineers were some of the prophets of my early life. They told us there would be more, and as Anchorage began to grow in the 1970s and 80s, construction was done with this in mind. Advent is really a season for prophets. Through the Sundays, we have been promised cheery things like distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves, People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. Last week, John the Baptist called us a brood of vipers. Most prophets were less upbeat life, co life coaches and more stop making that face or your face is going to get stuck that way. <laughs> well, you know, if your face getting stuck that way was equal to famine and death and damnation and turning to salt, you know, that kind of stuff. Fundamentally, prophets were and are trying to get us ready for what is to come. In Advent, we hear warnings, but these prophecies lack specificity. Most of them didn't imagine Jesus, the newborn, delicate and tender and so very vulnerable. But we'll get back to him in a couple days. <laughs> Hundreds or thousands of years later, we hold the prophets of old with reverence. But in their time, most of them were not well liked. They weren't the popular kid, for sure. They would go around calling out sinful behaviors and generally people don't want to hear that. Prophets see what's on the horizon, and they try to help direct the faithful to safety, and mostly not in a warm and fuzzy way. Safety can cost a lot in some cases. As I waited back in 2018, terrifying videos began to pop up. 
breaking glass, ceiling tiles crashing down, swinging lights on grainy security video, cans falling off grocery store shelves. Friends from high school started marking themselves safe on Facebook. And as they stacked up, I was relieved that more and more people were okay. I hoped that it meant good things for my family too. But I still hadn't heard from my mom. I must have called a hundred times. I heard that often in an emergency, texts will work when calls won't. So I texted and called again, straight to voicemail. I texted my emo and Samchun, my aunt and uncle, are you okay? Yes. Is, is mom, has anyone heard from mom? Yes, she's fine, they both told me. Is she fine because you've heard from her or because you don't want me to be scared? Because if you've heard from her, I'm really mad at her. And if you haven't, I'm really annoyed with you. <laughs> She's fine, they both reassured. I was not reassured. I prayed and I cried and I waited. I don't know how many hours it had been when she finally called. I'd been staring at my phone, willing it to ring. And finally, there it was. Her photo lit up my screen, her beautiful face squished up to my son's in that picture we took years ago. I think I shouted into the phone, are you okay? My mom always says yes. She is one of the toughest people I know. She is, without exception, fine. <laughs> Sometimes she's mad at you and then she's also fine. But this time she answered, I am so scared. When the earthquake hit, she was getting ready for work. At the top of her stairs is this long railing under a skylight. You know, the kind of half wall that you might throw things over if your unwitting little brother is coming up the stairs. <laughs> this railing used to be covered with big, beautiful plants. And in the earthquake, these lovely ceramic pots crashed to the first floor or down the stairs, rolling bombs in the midst of growling terror rattling her house. The crashing, groaning, shaking went on and on. As soon as it ended, she sent me a text, and then her phone ran out of battery and her power went out. Six minutes later, they had their first aftershock of 5.7. She didn't know what to do. After how many hours, maybe it was just one, I don't know, but after a while, she thought to get in the car and charge her phone, and then called me as soon as she could. She was terrified and panicky, and her house was a mess, but she was alive. Thank God she was alive. That day, her friend came and picked her up, and they drove around because they didn't know what else to do. Eventually, Anchorage saw in upwards of 80 aftershocks. But here's the most amazing thing. No one died in that earthquake. In fact, my mom's shop, she's a hairdresser, it lost two ceiling tiles. There wasn't even a cracked mirror. In her house, she managed to save most of those plants. Her furnace had to be re-anchored and the garage wall has a small crack. Sometimes heating profits keeps the bad thing from happening, but more often some people listen and are protected while others are not. All those drills, all those millions spent on engineering and structural support, it all did exactly what it was supposed to. The buildings shook and swayed and protected the people and things inside.
And maybe that's the real work of Advent all these years later. Scaffolding our souls so that we sway and bend, but don't break. So that when our spiritual houses are rocked by the unexpected, our rigid faith doesn't crumble under its weight. While this morning we get a snippet of Mary and Elizabeth delighting together over Jesus and John, the story we get very little of is the grief of change of the unexpected. I wonder how many tears they cried as they began to feel the shock of their lives changing forever. Of the look on Mary's mom's face when she broke the news. I can only imagine the gossip and groundless shame and the anxiety of the unpredictable being brought upon them. It is the kind of jolt that can rattle one's relationship with God. And in the shaking, groaning confusion, I could imagine a scenario where disbelief crowds out the miracle. Because back then they weren't expecting the Messiah to come as an infant. They were expecting Elijah to come on chariots of fire. But Mary and Elizabeth get to see and hear and understand it first. And together they sing the first hymn of Christianity, proclaiming how the Mighty One has done great things for them both. This is the last Sunday of Advent, when we prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ the first time and the next time. What does your faith need to help it sway and bend? How will you be limber enough to adjust to the earth-shattering thing that is to come? What will keep your mind open so that when the Holy Spirit calls you to do the no way thing, and the Holy Spirit will call you to that, how will you scaffold your heart so that you can say yes? Sometimes the ceiling tiles will fall, the cans will fall off the shelves, or the Messiah will become manifest in the unimaginable form of a baby or an unhoused person or a woman or a refugee or someone else the prophets of old couldn't picture. And no matter what, God will be with us in the rubble. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. And God does it again and again. May we too be prepared with the song of our hearts for the next chapter when it comes. Amen.